Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here, and I want to thank you for listening to the Everyday Sniper podcast. Uh, This is my first podcast of the new year, so happy new year to everyone. Again, thank you for all the support and the notes that everybody reached out to me with uh, as far as my dad and stuff like that. Just got back to Colorado this week and getting settled in, getting ready for SHOT Show. All that's coming up. But I wanted to uh, make this podcast and, and especially to say thank you for making us number four of the hottest podcasts of 2018 on the Podbean app. That's pretty fantastic. And also, I want to thank you guys. Um, you know, we got top comments. We were number six in the comments and we were number six in our section, I think it was. So, you know, we were recognized in three places from Podbean, and that's all because of you guys. You're out there listening, sharing it, and and we really appreciate that. Uh, Just got the new equipment in. I'm kind of learning it as I go. So, you know, you might hear a little bit of craziness happening and and stuff like that. Um, It is going to allow the phone in because it has a feature to do the phone-ins, but I'm trying to figure it out because right now I can't find a pause button. I can record and stop, but I want to keep it on a single file. I want to start kind of playing with this a little bit more. I found it waiting here for me, so I'm trying to figure this out as we go. So, um, yeah, definitely you're going to help me stumble through this a little bit. But thank you again to Mike and Adam. They stepped up while I was away. And, you know, one of the guys mentioned in the fact that, you know, we're, we're one of the hottest podcasts. The farthest or the longest we went without an episode was nine days. To me, that's two days too long in, in the big picture. But, I mean, only happened once, I believe, over the whole year of doing the podcast. So we're going to make sure we try to keep up that record for you guys. I'm going to be bringing some stuff to SHOT Show, so that way there we can do some recordings at SHOT Show. There's some new things coming out. We want to make sure that uh, you guys can can hear that, and we'll talk to them. I really think the podcast is a lot easier for us than the uh, video, especially at SHOT. I, I, I don't like the look of the video at SHOT and any of that. But um, definitely, you know, thank you for doing all that stuff. Thank you for listening and sticking with us. And I want to get into something for the new year. Uh, Mike and Adam were talking about sort of, the, you know, that the, the mental part of shooting precision rifle. And there is a big mental picture. We talk about it with the refrigerator hypothesis. We talk about it, you, you know, when, when you're going to go there and the different things that we've done over the year where the round just kind of throws a flyer for no reason. But I want to bring it back for you guys for training, 100-yard work, and specifically the sniper's hide dot drill. Okay, I came up with the sniper side dot drill back at Rifles Only, oh, I don't even know how many years ago, 10 plus years ago. Some people call it the 21 dot drill because there's up to 21 dots on a page. And it's a great way to kind of get you going for the day. Kalen talked about that, that he uses the dot drill. But there's more than one way to engage the dot drill. Think of it like this. You have four rows of five, right? So that's 20 dots. And then the cold board dot at the very top, and that's your verification. And before I get into that part of it, I want to talk about three rounds versus five rounds, okay? Now, back in the day, and I don't even know if it's really that valid today, but it's a good way of explaining it. Three rounds test the equipment. Five rounds test the shooter, All right, so that's how you look at whether you're doing three to five. If you're just checking something and verifying, you know, you might do three rounds. 
save a few, you know, save those two extra rounds, everything like that. I get it. But if you're looking to see both you in the equipment, well, then you're going to that five-round drill. So, you know, like when I zero a scope up, I'm going to shoot the three rounds and then I'm going to go and work my zero because I'm looking for that mean average and I'm not necessarily testing me. I just really want to get it done. I can zero my scope in one or two rounds, but that's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to have that that center of my group so that way there I can go over and, and make sure my zero is good and tight. But if I'm looking at me and my fundamentals, well, then I want to shoot probably five rounds. But now comes the caveat, the uh, 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 all the different kind of craziness that's going on. You know, it, 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 it's that kind of stuff that, um, that we have to look at where we make our decisions, okay? We are not F-class and bench rest shooters. Once I'm zeroed, once I have my chronograph information, because really the chronograph is the only place I'm technically shooting a group. I'm zeroing with a group. Right, And then I'm doing my chronograph because I'm shooting a 10-round group probably. So I might want to stack them in all 10 or, or move them across. So that's the end of my group shooting, or at least it should be. Now, for me, I have to you know, often shoot a group because people want to see, well, how does that ammo group? How does that rifle work? How does this happen? How does that happen? So I'm demonstrating. But if it's just for me and it's a, it's a known quantity and I'm not doing it for video... I'm not shooting groups like that anymore because I'm not a bench rest F-class group shooter. I'm a tactical shooter. You know, from the top of the hill, one shot, one kill, little Tommy Beckett down there, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, you got to make sure you're looking at this. That's where the dot drill came in. And the only other place that I, I would consider you need a group is the first dot on the top, the cold bore. Okay, your rifle should be zeroed. You want to test this to see, to make sure something's not moving. See if it's getting hot, cold. If you're putting it away in one condition and you're taking it out in another. This, this isn't as big a problem as it used to be. Back in the day, people expected things to move. I'm lisping a little bit. People expected things to move, right? Well, now we, we have such better equipment. We've got much more education on how to shoot our precision rifle. And we know, hey, that should not be moving like that. When I pick my rifle up, the zero should be in the same spot. The only time is if you cleaned it and you cleaned it well and you didn't follow it. Okay, Mike and those, I heard those guys mention, I like doing this. Clean the rifle, shoot a couple rounds to follow it, put it away with like three to five rounds, on, you know, through the barrel after I've cleaned it. That gives me in that good place that I want to be. I make sure my copper's back where it needs to be. Everything is ready to go, okay? There's no reseasoning break-in or anything like that, okay? So from there, we want to check cold bores to make sure nothing's shifting. You need a minimum of three rounds to check your cold bore. We're testing the rifle, right? Three rounds checks the rifle, five rounds checks us. So if you think you have a cold body, cold mind where it's you, you might want to do five, but if you just think, hey, is my rifle doing what it's supposed to do? One, two, three will tell the tale, okay? So that's what you're looking to do with that cold bore. So it's not quite a 21-shot drill. It's just 21 dots. Now, we go to that first line of five dots. That's your five-shot group, one round per dot. You can do it prone, 
However, if you're doing this either prone or off a bench, just depending on your range and what's going on there, I recommend the progressively smaller dot version. It's an advanced one where you start off at one inch and you go down to like three-eighths or quarter inch, okay, depending on your level of experience and how well you're shooting. You'll, you'll start and get progressively smaller. That's if you're prone. When we use the three-quarter inch dots, we're doing the up and down drill. And how some of that up and down drill works is from you, you set the rifle up in the prone, bag it, mag in, bolt back, everything's ready to go, okay? So then you stand up behind it. On a gun command, a shot timer, whatever you need to use, you're on, a, on the beep, you're going to drop down, and you're going to load and fire one round into the first dot. And you give yourself 15 seconds to do that, okay? Then bolt comes back, reset the drill, stand up. You're going to drop down for the next one on the command, and you're going to have 12 seconds to put one round in the dot. Okay, this is helping you get into that position straight behind the rifle, up and down. You're going to become efficient. You'll become fast, and you'll become efficient in that movement. Then 12 seconds, then 10 seconds, then 8 seconds. The last dot is 6 seconds, okay? 6 seconds, you're dropping down, you're, you're closing the bolt, you're firing that round. Now, slow to reset. You don't have to speed out of it, okay? But that's what you're doing for that kind of one line. The next line should be a support side drill and not one of these fake, oh, you know, oh, it's in this shoulder, but I'm using the other hand and I got my neck craned over. Mirror your strong side to your support side. It's basically you're in the prone. You're just shifting your body over. It's a practice thing. You'll learn to get better at it. And trust me, probably got no bad habits on the sports side. You're going to think really hard about it, and you're going to end up shooting better. You're going to shoot better on the support side in the beginning if you're paying attention. So one round per dot support side, okay? You got that going on. Then you can do another dot drill where you stand up, okay? And you hold the rifle in your hand. Then you got 30 seconds 25, 20, 15, down to 10, where you're holding the rifle, you're dropping into the prone, and you're shooting that shot, okay? That's what you're looking to do. Then the last one, you can get down and relax, and you can do some other stuff. If you want to do an alternate position, do an alternate position. Mix these up. It's a single sheet of paper. You can make various size dots, but the thing is, it's one shot, one kill, one round per target, okay? That's what you're looking to do. And, and the smaller they are, the harder it'll get. You'll start to see patterns appear, okay? Speed drill. One of those rows can be a speed drill. You drop down or you're in the prone, and you have 15 seconds to shoot all five, okay? That's another one that you do on those rows. So you got cold board drill on the top. You can have a prone warm-up drill, a support side warm-up drill. You can do the drop-down with the rifle on the ground drill. You could do the drop-down with you holding the rifle in your hand drill. You got four rows there, and you can actually add more if you want. This can get you all of those skill sets that you're looking for. You got speed. You got accuracy. You got precision. All these things that you can do using the sniper's high dot drill. 
And I used to have them up uh, online, and you could download them. I could fix them and put them back up, which I probably will do, but they used to be in a public Dropbox, and then Dropbox kind of changed the linkage and all that stuff, so I don't think you can get them the way I used to do it anymore. So that's just something you have to look at. Um, but make your own. It's 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 the little you can use. You know, like if you get the shoot-and-see targets, which I love shoot-and-see targets. I shoot them all the time. They're nice. They're visible. They help, you know, and they look good on video, that kind of thing. But they give you all those little pasties to cover them. Use that on a plain piece of paper and create your 21-dot drill. Okay, but don't just lay there prone and do every row the exact same way. Have a plan, mix it up, and, 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 and use those different skill sets. Maybe yourself put yourself on a shot timer, right? Then have a mag uh, uh, reload. You know what I mean? Put a reload in there and say, I'm going to do all these rounds with a reload in 25 seconds. All right? If you want to put them out farther, you could put a bigger dot and, and go one round per that way and just pick a new round, pick a new round. It's target acquisition, right? You got to find the right dot. It's recoil management. You got to stay on target to be able to see what you're doing. You could do the speed drills to beat the clock and the timer. Then you have that MPA, that natural point of aim. Are you used to coming in crooked behind a rifle or are you learning to be straight and efficient? And then, like I said, I really like that up and down drill for PRS type stuff because of the, the, the fact that I'm holding the rifle and I can move into it. You can do that and just do a three inch dot at 100 yards from a barricade. Okay, come up, fire around, fire another round, come off. Come up, fire around, fire another round, come off. And move back and forth to the different positions. And yeah, you may be shooting the same. Or, you know, shoot and see. You don't have to put five up necessarily, but you're shooting different positions. Then you could take a look at your group, see where things are thrown out. But this is a good way for simple, easy, consistent training that has, you know, a, a, a cause and effect. It's valid. You know, if I do it here, I'm going to be better at it over here. All right. And, and the smaller those dots are, the harder it's going to be. I mean, if you're shooting a little six dasher at 26 pounds and stuff like that, well, then, you know, maybe you want a little smaller dot. But you, this is going to be you'll work into it. I really think, you know, between one inch and three quarter, three quarters. Perfect. If you want to practice, if you want to train, you really want that three quarter inch dot. That's kind of where you want to be. So um, just something for you guys to think about. And I want to put that out there to start the new year off with training, start the new year off with thinking about how I'm going to attack my days at the range. Am I just going to show up and go, gee, what am I going to do now? I'm going to shoot a group like I normally shoot, or am I going to do this, or am I going to do that? Nah, man, you make, you make, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's not cool. It's, it's like, you know, we don't shoot groups. That's the thing. So it's, it's definitely something that you want to, um, you know, one shot, one kill. Old Tommy Beckett, he knows, man. That guy's slick. He he don't he don't wear no Gucci flash. He don't wear none of that stuff. He's just out there and he's all business, man. That dude is business from day one. So I guess Mike stepped into it with a uh, feed bunk, huh? What, what's a feed bunk? That's that's kind of funny. Well, why not, man? He, he he wants to know what what's a feed bunk. 
So <laughs> he was like, oh, no, what did I do? So that was that was a goof, man, with, with, with that. And um, did you guys catch not only two-hour ancient aliens, but the plot Project Blue Book? I can't speak. Project Blue Book. That's kind of cool stuff, man. History channels, they're prepping us. You know what I'm saying? When you're looking at this alien conspiracy stuff, man, they're prepping us. All right? They, they, they turned around and they're like the Brookings Institute thing said that, hey, if, if you, uh, you can't just drop it on us in one shot, you have to turn around and, and trickle it out to the people because we can't handle it, according to them, that, that, the, that the, the aliens are coming and I'm going to spill my coffee. And, and so we, we can't have that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> anyway, a oh, couple things I want to address too. Guys are asking, the PRS is starting back up, and I guess they're causing a little bit of drama. I'm not getting into it, man. I said I'm going to be positive. I'm going to let's see what the th- result is. I guess there's some dollar things, and people said, hey, will you bring that up and address your thoughts? I'm like, nope. That doesn't really affect me, man. That's them match directors and those guys in the Southeast. My deal is I'm not going to get into their business right now. You know what I mean? That's the business side of it. That's the money. And, you know, you guys have to make decisions. You have to decide, you know, how you want to spend your money, where you want to spend your money, and what do you get back for that money. There was a good, um, you know, guys are uh, coming on this site, and it's crazy, man. It's I'm up to stupid numbers. We're almost using six terabits of data a month on Sniper's Hide now. It's I was 5.7. The bill came in today. I'm like, oh, my God, we're 5.7 terabytes of data. And so there's a lot of really great conversation going on, okay? And somebody came in and said, you know, well, what's the payback? What's the return? They're looking at reloading equipment, and they want to buy good equipment. You know, yeah, can you start reloading? And, and going back to Mike and Adam's discussion, can you start that kind of reloading stuff on the cheap and easy? Yeah, you can, but guys are making so much good stuff, and they have this down to a science that it's worth to spend the extra money getting, like, the Area 419 stuff on the on the scales and all the different tools they have helping, and the guys are making this stuff. Have CNC, will travel. And it puts you on the same page. A big part of what we do and what I'm doing with you all right now is communication, okay? We're communicating, and we're trying to help you. But one of the things is is if you're not kind of up to par with something and we're communicating in a different way, well, you're going to dismiss it, and you're going to be like, well, wait a minute. You know, they're talking about an AI and this night force with a reticle and all this, and I'm using a Leopold duplex with a hunter. I am an MOA. They're in mills. We can't quite figure it out. And, and so you'll dismiss it. So what we're trying to do is is not only give you information to help the guy that may not have the equipment to at least get in the game. Because here's the deal, man. We want you in the game, regardless of what you're bringing to the table as far as equipment goes. We want you to show up because if you like it and it works out good, over time you'll invest and you'll spend that money. So this guy coming on talking about reloading equipment and he's looking at, you know, for what he wants to get and what he wants to do. You know, twenty five hundred bucks plus, and people are like, "Oh, that's crazy! You don't have to do that and spend that much money." But he has a plan, and 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 he does want to because he feels in order to get his ammo to a point that he's you know consistent with the next guy, he feels that money will help. 
might help them in time, might help them in quality, because that's what better equipment does. It, it's peace of mind. It's a time saver because you're not struggling with it. And then it's helping you to rise up to it versus you eclipsing it. Okay. So that's the kind of thing is that you rise up to the quality of your equipment and, and get better and better with it versus being handicapped by something that you're jerry rigging. And that's kind of what I did with the podcast stuff here. We're playing it one way and then it kind of falls down and we start getting static in this portable speaker. You know, it's like, okay, it works for a while, works for a while, and we start in and out, moving it around, static. All right, forget that. Then we start doing computers. All right, but we need to travel. We need to talk to somebody on the phone. Oh, I hate the way it sounds over the internet and the telephone when a guy calls in. What can I do better? Well, there's a new piece of equipment. So I'm going to rise up to that level and hope the call-ins now are better and easier and I can do them more often for you. This is the same thing. The rifle, and, and there was an article from Shannon Kay from PRS and Forbes, and he, he's right. The, you know, you can get away with an RPR. Shoot it if it's a 6.5 RPR, and we talked about this before. Get 15, 2,000 rounds out of that factory barrel. 2,000, that's it. Dump it, get a new one. You're already back in the game. You got 60-degree bolt, or 70 actually, 70-degree bolt throw, a little shorter bolt throw. Give you a little bit up on speed. You could put bigger mags in. SR25 mags, dude. 25 rounders. You know what I mean? Now you've won the game of round count. You don't have to worry about two round holders and all these other things going on. Movers. Put a few extra rounds in so that way there, you know, you're running the bolt, running the bolt, and, and, and you can go under the time and get your speed up. You know what I mean? Or you could just do your max number. But if, if they give you kind of an open end, you know, shoot as many as you can in two minutes. Now you got a 25-round mag because you got SR25 stuff and all that other thing, you know, or, or whatever. But that's you, you, you could be in the game with less equipment. You don't have to spend the money on all these little things. If, if you got an RPR, a decent scope, you know, SHV, the SIGs, the – even the Bushnell stuff in that fifteen hundred dollars that guys are using for competition, you, you you're you're up and running there. Okay, six five Creedmoor, you could do factory ammo, get something, then take the brass and start to learn to reload it. Okay, now you're reloading it. Don't neck size it, just full size, man. Full size and go. Don't waste your time on the neck size thing, man. Just go to town and do that. Now you, you're getting rounds and you can look. Hey, can I make this round more consistent than I can make this factory round in my rifle? You know, because sometimes the, it doesn't matter. It could be Hornaday, it could be Prime, it could be anything. Sometimes you might get the SDs at 18 to 22, where if you reload it and you get it to 8, you know, you're, you're in a much better peace of mind position. They got farther targets and things out there. Your vertical spread is smaller. And, and so this is the direction you want to go and thinking about that, where does that money go? Where should that money belong? And, you know, maybe you don't buy the really right stuff tripod first. And, and then you could test the theory. Go without a really right spot. Uh, buy a Trouster, buy a Game Changer, or buy a War Horse. You know, whatever the case may be. Buy, buy one bag in your rifle and have that. Don't have the tripod. Borrow it. Say, hey, man, I never used the really right stuff. Can I use it at this stage? They'll probably let you. You know, they tell you they'll let you all the time. Every time they argue and say they're the nicest guys on the planet, okay, test it. 
Go out there and don't spend the money. Borrow one. You know, some pl- some places like the Gunworks one, they if you didn't have it, they supplied it. They had to really write stuff for people without a tripod. You could have shot the Gunworks match without it because the one stage you definitely needed it, they had it there for you. And if you get in the right squad, man, you could borrow that stuff. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. But um, definitely, definitely, you know, look at this and, and, and see uh, where it is. Hang on, I'm going to pause this a second because hopefully I didn't mess this thing up. All right, so I got it. It's it's working. I just it, there's a learning curve here with this, and I'm trying to do it two different ways and different software and all this other crap. I I wish this had a pause button, and I so I can. It's got a it's got like record not record, and I don't know if it does it in order. I can't access the dang files, you know. I can delete the SD card in it, but I think there's an internal, and I can't. So I'm trying to play it through into the computer, and I didn't have this computer set up like I wanted to. But anyway. Yeah, so my bottom line is you should do a minimum of three matches without investing the money. Use what you have. Try to learn all that. The The, the matches are a good uh, way of training and a good way to learn to go out there and do it. But, you know, you got to be realistic. you got to be practical in what you're doing. And you want to go and use it as training and not as a straight-up competition. The, you, you know, that's not what you need to do. Because you're just not ready for it. So anyway, it, it, think about that. Think about what you could do this coming year. Make a plan. Pick the local stuff. Get your to- Dip your toes with the local things, you know. If you've got an event that's local, even if it's four hours away, it's worth getting home from work on a Friday night, getting in the car, driving there, you know, and, and getting a decent night's sleep. Even if it's at midnight, get up at 6 in the morning, shoot the match, and then go home that night. It's yeah, it's a hotel room and all that, but if if that's as close as a local match you have, it's worth going in in doing it and doing it more than once. Especially, there, I mean, there's some local matches depending where you live that are just fantastic, and and the people are are experienced. They're one step off of being a national. They you know the only reason they aren't is because of time and because it's a one day deal. But definitely look at that. And, and look at your training and look at what's going on. And I, I think it'll make a difference for you moving forward in 2019, right? We want to kind of focus on it's not so much always about buy this, buy that, buy this. It's how do I use this that I already have to my advantage? What training is going to help me? And that's, again, coming back full circle to this podcast, the dot drill, right? That 21-shot dot drill or 21-dot dot drill, um, sniper side dot drill, whatever you want to call it, and, and, and having that plan and saying, these are the skills that I need to do. I get, need to get a little faster on the clock. You reduce your timings and, and, and get a shot timer. I think they even have them on your phone. You can download them for free. You just need that kind of random start and then a stop to look at it. You could put it right next to you and just boom and let it go, whatever the case may be. It's a, it's a worthwhile tool for the precision rifle shooter because there is a time element to these competitions. There is an element, you know, find it, range, and engage it. Well, maybe they're giving you the range, so how do I manage the booklet? You know, am I using an e-dope card? Am I writing it on my wrist? Do I have it on the rifle? Where is it mounted on the rifle, and what am I doing there? You know, all those different things will matter. Okay, it, 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 
to me, the key, the, the problem people have isn't shooting like off a barricade. It's getting in the position and out of the position efficiently. Once they're there now, they've figured out with the bags and the heavy rifles and the low recoils how to do it. But the, the, the stumbling block is either getting tangled in your equipment because you're trying to use too much. Less is better, I, I would recommend. And then moving from one place to the other and then managing that kit. Why some of them tie the bag to their rifle. Why others hold it. Size of the bag. Some want it smaller. Others want it bigger. You know, how far are you walking with this stuff? So all of that has a bearing on, you know, your training and what you're looking to do and what you're looking to accomplish. So, so make sure you, you, you kind of, um, you know, figure that out and practice it. it. These are the key elements that lead to success. And we understand you may have limited time, okay? You got a family, you got work, you got other responsibility, you got a honeydew list. So you want to maximize what you're doing when you go to the range, and like we, you know, like we just said a bazillion times, you know, the average range in the U.S. only goes to 200 yards. So you can do all these things, the dot drills. You could do them with 22s and bring them in closer. You could do them with your big guns and put them out farther. You're just basically going on a one-shot, one-kill mentality, and that's what we're looking to do. All right, guys. Hey, I got the dates for Mile Highs classes. Uh, Alaska's completely sold out. So if you didn't get into Alaska, you're you're out. Mile High, I gave them all the dates. We're going to get the website. We have to redo the website because there's some changes going on. They're not doing sort of the military LE stuff unless you come to the civilian class uh, for them. So big changes for them. They, they changed the name. It's Mile High Shooting Outdoors now, and we're going to be part of that. So you'll go to the outdoor website. You can sign up for the classes. You could reserve your slots. I don't do that part of it. So, um, again, I did make a post in the Sniper's Hide forum to the dates. If you want to go see what the dates are ahead of time, go in the forum. We are still talking about a PR2 and different things. I got a shorter win class up there. Then I got a lot of PR1s. But there are some gaps in the schedule that I purposely left until we get the different equipment and the movers on that range, um, I'm not doing a two there. To me, a two is just the fundamentals faster from an alternate position. You know what I mean? Or it might be the mover and things like that, and which we're looking to put the mover on the range. But again, you know, we're, I'm, I'm coordinating all this with Mile High. They're in big move, uh, you know, doing a, a lot of different things. So if you want the schedule, Mile High Shooting Outdoors is the new website for that. And um, they're working on it, linking everything. I got to talk to their guy, Corey, to take care of that. I am looking at a Minnesota class, and people are, because I brought up Michigan, people are talking about it. It's not there yet. I know I have a Tennessee class going on, but I don't know if that's private or not. I don't think that Tennessee one is open to the public because that's a, a guy's private range that I'm doing it. Um, then there's Canada. I'll be doing with the Insight guys again probably in September. Hopefully, you know, I'm going to talk with the uh, the Precision Rifle Expo guys, and I'll be doing something with the Precision Rifle Expo. But I am putting out all the dates available for everybody asking me about training dates. Now, here's the other thing for you guys who want private classes, because I get so many problems. The private classes have to work in between my other ones, okay? The other ones pay more. 
And 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 that's the thing is that I, I you have to fit into my schedule. I can't really work around yours, you know, unless you go in these oddball. I am so maxed from March till October right now. I definitely want to get Taylor down here. Probably end of October, we'll get Taylor to come down. Uh, we'll finish our season in September in Alaska and do our last class, do the reunion shoot and do all that. Then I have a mile high class in October in the beginning. I want to do the Brian Whalen class at Blue Steel, and I want to do a Taylor class in the lower 48. So uh, I'm definitely looking at that stuff for you guys. And it, it's it's uh, getting all put on the schedule. Again, go to the Sniper's Hide Forum. There's stuff in the Everyday Sniper podcast section. I just looked. I think you have to be logged in for it, so I have to go in and fix that. I'm, I'm into, like, you know, new rules for the new year, purge stuff, and get rid of all the for sale stuff that goes back over a year. Uh, you know, I got to clean up my server, and so I'll be doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, but you will find it in the every Anything that I'm mentioning here – Definitely either bring up on the Podbean app now and we'll point you over where to where to discuss it. But throw, throw, hey, Frank, where's that at Sniper's Hide? If you even do it on the Podbean app, I'll say, oh, go to this section and it's right here. So that way we get our comments up on the Podbean app. I want to keep this momentum going from Podbean. You know what I mean? That they recognize. I was bitching a mic. I'm like going back a month or so ago, you know, before the year, I'm like, Mike, man, I, every time I go on the Podbean app, I never see a link to us, never see a link. Well, clearly you guys are responding and you guys are listening and, and you know, all the feedback has been fantastic. Yeah, throw comments out there. Throw, hey, I'd like to hear about this, talk about that. You know, maybe it's like the PRS thing. Hey, I'm not going to get into their, their personal business on that side, but I'll give you my opinion on this side. You know, it's just going to be, situation dependent when it comes to the the you know putting my thumb on something that way but you know with this other stuff if it's like hey are you looking at this or hey talk to me about the new revic or hey you know what about this suppressor yeah if you got a question about that i can mention it in the app i can expand on it like these guys come on uh youtube all the time and go hey where's the other video for the revic and where's the other video for this it's like dude we talked about the revic endlessly on sniper's hide i had a 400 dollars discount if you wanted to buy it and use the sniper's hide code we went into ultra detail but you want a little three minute video to me to say it's okay you know it's like well youtube don't like us man why would i keep feeding youtube to the degree i used to when they don't like us you know, it's like if they're going to be anti that same thing with Facebook, I just use Facebook to advertise. If you're if you're in a group and they keep shutting it down and changing the name. Hello, that's insane. It's like, why would you bother? Snipers hide a group of like minded people right there. Social media, put it on your phone, go up and you can comment. And you got all that same information without it getting lost, without Facebook shutting it down, without all the BS. You know, without the guy saying, oh, you're an idiot for doing it that way. My 30 odd 6 has been great for 75 years, and what the heck are you trying to do to me over there? You know, it's like, man, what the frig? But, yeah, that's kind of where we're looking at with this stuff is that new year, new thoughts. Um, I got the articles going. I'm going to go more for the Gun Digest. If you guys get Gun Digest, I'm doing more focus on fundamental stuff with them. More instructional. Uh, they want me to dig a little deeper and go a, a little bit uh, into more detail than I have been. I've been looking at their thing as a general audience, kind of like 50% of them don't really care about this. You know, 
they're, they're, they're more into their 1911 and their wheel gun and, and things. So I kind of try to keep their interest to, to read my stuff, but without getting into the weeds. Well, they, they're like for 19, hey, man, get into the weeds a little bit. Go into a little bit more detail about this. It's like, okay, cool. Because I have a ton of articles and stuff from the scout days and things that I need to put up. And all these things are coming up in the Sniper's Hide forum every single day. One of the great conversations is the um, the MOA math. Guys, if, if you're an MOA shooter and you want to learn to simplify your math and not do the longhand formula, if you want it to work for your rifle and be in the same Hey, I got a five mile an hour gun. I got this. I got, you know, this is how I'm doing it. So it's only one number you're thinking about. We're talking about it. It's like four pages now of this simplified MOA math where people are like, well, I've been doing it this way. I've been doing it that way. And there's some that do a hybrid, but at the same time, there's others that have kind of, you know, simplified it and saw what the mill guys are doing and have translated it to a mill type answer for an MOA shooter. And all we're trying to do is get away from the edge of plater a little more, edge of plater a little more. So you have a valid wind call. If you have a number, if the wind is 14 miles an hour and you're not used to shooting in that because you went to a match somewhere out west and you, and you got blindsided by these crazy heavy winds, you have a value you can start with. Hey, man, you better start off with one and a half mils on that target. Or, oh, okay, wait a minute, you're an MOA guy? You better start off with nine MOA on that target. Otherwise, you're not going to be anywhere near it. You're not going to see anything because it's a field course. Think about this, man. We're, not on a, we're, we're trying not to talk as if we're on a square F-class bench rest range. We're talking as if we're in a field course where we have to walk, we have to carry all our equipment and with, with minimal amount of effort. This will translate to the military LE guys listening. It'll translate to the hunter out there listening. It'll translate the, to the competitor out there listening who's on a clock and that doesn't have time to crunch numbers. This gives you, a, hey, what happens if it's like, you know, you got targets out to 800 facing this direction and then like Gunworks did, you're going to transition, you know, 60 degrees off axis now and you're going to shoot and now you changed up everything. Do you know what you're going to do with that change? You just completely change your wind angle, and, and now you have to put a new number in your head quickly. That's what we're trying to do. So it doesn't stumble you and go, well, I just tried to use this, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to use that. Wait a minute. Nope, I missed. You know, that's all we're trying to do. So you're going, okay, I use 1.2 over here. I'm changing the angle on the wind. The wind's doing this. Okay, I have to use 0.8 now, you know. So you know what's going on in that direction. All right? That's, that's where, we're, where we're at, man. That's what we're looking to do. Um, hopefully this sounds good. I'm going unedited with it, and uh, we're going to see, you know, what the heck's going on. And, you know, uh, I'll learn this board, and I'm going to kind of tweak software on the computer. I don't like this piece that's here. I have to work on it and fix it. And, it, and it's got kind of a thing. I want to pause. I want to be able to stop when I'm talking to you and then come right back without these crazy big gaps and everything in there for you. So that's what I'm looking to do. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for supporting the Everyday Sniper with your friends. I hope this has some knowledge bomb nuggets for you and something that you'll pick up. One shot, one kill. Little Tommy Beckett, man. Think about it. Okay? That's the type of shooting we're doing. 
That's what we're looking at. That's why even if you're an LE guy, the dot drill, when I worked on one of the guys, and I won't say where he's from, but anyway, he if he's listening, he'll know. I brought out a dot drill. I was diagnosing his problems 100% with a dot drill. Okay, 100 yard a dot drill is how I'm looking for problems in that. And that's an LE thing, man. That's that's how, like for us, for LE, if you guys want to come and, and talk about something with, with the classes here, we're marksmanship. We're not tactics. I will give you the marksmanship skills where your tactics will fill right in. And, and you know, your department says you got to do it this way. This department says you got to do it that way. But if I'm just giving you these 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 universal truths, that'll that'll insert easily in what you're doing and will make you a better shooter. All we're looking, we're not trying to tell you how to do your job. We're trying to help you become a better shooter that way. So, like I said, if you have a question on that, give us a call, drop us an email, come over to the Sniper's Hide thing. We do have the LE section. I've got 300 PMs. I have to approve, guys. We just need your email, your badge number, whatever the heck uh, for work. But I'm getting you guys into that LE section. It's a private section where they can talk about things going on. Just be patient with me because if I knock out 50 of them today, tomorrow there will be 25 of those back. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm two steps forward, one step back every time I do this, just because it's a daily thing. But we definitely appreciate you guys coming on and having a place that you can discuss various things, bounce some ideas off people, maybe link up with guys who who aren't so far away from you that you didn't know were doing the same job you're doing. But we do have that mile high section that's a private le in the sniper side form. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Everyday Sniper. I really appreciate it, man. It's time to get out of here and go on to the next one.